it is important for us to learn to speak the other person's primary love language. And it is equally important for us to understand our own primary love language. Welcome to the Mind Care Podcast, where we talk about today's most relevant issues on mental health and wellness. We are your hosts, JT and Janine. And since it's February, I think it would just be apt to dedicate this month to talking about love and relationships. Just a few weeks ago on Conversations with Dr. Lou and Friends, online dating and long-distance relationships were discussed. If you haven't yet, please check them out on our Facebook page, YouTube, or on Spotify for a replay of it. During the conversation, Ms. Kathy Babao was able to briefly touch on the five love languages and how it especially plays a part in LDR. And since a lot of people have been seeking consult for our concerns regarding their romantic and non-romantic relationships alike, we decided to dedicate episode 11 to discussing the five love languages more in depth. We have with us today counselor Miss Carol Angeline Makawile, who specializes in counseling adolescents and young adults struggling with relationship problems and other things. Thank you so much for being with us today, Miss Carol. Hello, Janine, and hello, JT. Thank you so much for having me here. What we're going to discuss for this episode, much of it has been based on uh, Dr. Gary Chapman's book on the five love languages, how to express heartfelt commitment to your mate. And through the years, he's been able to come up with different follow-up editions. Some of this would be an addition for singles, even for kids or teenagers. But the main one would be for the couple. So that would be our main reference for this uh, discussion. Janine, I'm wondering what made you decide to come up with this particular topic for this episode? Actually, we've been having a lot of clients recently coming in for psychological distress of varying natures, but a lot of them have been to revolve around relationships. As in, I've had clients that are young adults who have been struggling to find the right one. And many others have been trying to maintain long-term relationships, kind of like getting over what they call the two-year slump. And then we've also had people married or being in an LDR situation because of the pandemic. We've had concerns regarding the growing distance they've been feeling. And yet we've also had a lot of people coming in for non-romantic relationship concerns between parents, siblings, friends, or even co-workers. So that's why we were thinking that talking about the five love languages could help bridge the gap in distance. That being said, I understand that from Chapman's book, it aims to answer the question of what do we need to learn about love in order to build a successful and positive relationship. So, saktong-saktong asha, uh, Miss Carol, no? So, what do you think about that? And what are the things that are very important in understanding not only our romantic relationships, but also yung relationships natin with our parents, friends, or siblings? When we talk about love, we would often focus on ourselves, but mm-hmm. essentially, what is the meaning of love? It, it is putting the other person's needs and happiness before your own. If we want to improve our relationships, we come back to that and try to really find out what would make my loved one happier in our relationship, what would be the ways wherein I would be better to address his or her needs. Hopefully, mm-hmm. that's something that we can shed more light on. Yeah, actually, what you were saying, it's true that love sometimes does require a lot of effort. It's very intentional. At the beginning of certain relationships, especially more romantic ones, we start off having the idea that relationships are magical, exciting, maybe a bit obsessive. And 
people are often swept by emotions, like love feels so effortless. You want to help the person that you love out. You want to do things for them. And this is what Chapman actually dubs as the stage one, which is being in love. If love were purely just feelings, it does mean that maybe can be fleeting and we eventually fall out of love. We start focusing on ourselves and what we need. Um, and usually that's what people call na nga yung two-year slump because they start realizing, I have certain needs. I don't like when my partner does this or does that. Yung parang those kinds of differences in lifestyle. And so it ultimately requires us to transition to what he calls the stage two which is covenant love and this is really important because it allows us to maintain a longer relationship where we consciously and intentionally decide to love that person each and every day well said well said janine so it's really important to look at the love language of your friends your significant other even and becomes important to be able to communicate this intentionally to your partners as i know we have five So they are words of affirmation, gifts, acts of service, quality time, and the physical touch, right? Yes, we'll go through each of those five love languages. But we have to remember that it is important for us to learn to speak the other person's primary love language. And it is equally important for us to understand our own primary love language. Love is actually a learned response, especially when it comes to that covenant love. I like the term JP used that it is intentional love. We really need to be more intentional in showing or expressing our love towards our significant other or to our loved ones. There are five primary love languages and we can actually express love in all these languages, but we would usually have one that is our primary love language. So the first one would be words of affirmation. So when we say words of affirmation, these are words of appreciation, just telling them how much we appreciate them, saying the very words, I love you. Sometimes we take this for granted. We don't often say it. Sometimes we think, ah, alam niya na yun. We don't need to express it verbally. But for someone who has that primary love language, words of affirmation, hearing I love you, it means the world to them. So words of appreciation would include expressing your sincere gratitude towards the other person or what he or she has been doing for you. Words of affirmation would also mean encouragement, just saying to that person, I believe in you. Or words of praise, telling him or her, wow, you're amazing, uh, you did an excellent job, or even expressing those kind words uh, like saying, I'm sorry, it's important that you mean it and not just say these words out of duty. Mm-hmm. So, or even asking the other person or telling him, would you like me to do this for you? you know, verbally expressing those things, that would mean a lot. Now, sometimes what's difficult is if the other person is not that comfortable mm-hmm. expressing words of affirmation and this would usually be caused by growing up in an environment that wasn't very impressive as well. Probably coming from families wherein the parents would not also be very vocal about their affection towards the child. If growing up, you also did not experience hearing enough words of affirmation or even hearing I love you being said to you by your parents, then there is a likelihood that you would also not be comfortable in using these words to express mm-hmm. love to your partner 
or to your loved ones as well. Yeah, so that's the first one, the words of affirmation. And then the second love language would be gifts or receiving gifts. Gifts would be a visual or a tangible expression of love. Representation is an object, yes, but what it actually says when you're giving that gift to someone is that, I'm thinking of you, I wanted you to have this, and I love you. Mm-mm. So for someone whose love language is receiving gifts, The important thing is actually not the gift itself, not the object, but emotional love that was communicated by that gift. We often say it's the thought that counts, right? Yeah. Yeah. And and for someone who has this primary love language, it's really the gesture that you thought of preparing this gift, conceptualizing what gift to give this person based on his or her interest, really taking time to like think of what would this person like? Mm-mm. And then you give it to that person, it would really mean so much and that would really make that person feel special or valuable. And uh, we would often ask, what if I am not a gift giver? Because when I was growing up, I didn't receive that many gifts as well. It wasn't a thing in our family. It doesn't come naturally for me. All these love languages, they can be learned. Okay? So it would require effort, yes, but gift giving is actually considered one of the easiest love languages to learn. If you have a partner whose love language is receiving gifts, It's important to remember that person's special days, like birthdays, take note of anniversaries or other special occasions or holidays. Actually, even on special days, and you just come up with these gifts to tell the person, I thought of you today. Those would have a lot of meaning as well, not just those gifts during special occasions. That's the second one. The third love language would be acts of service. If we really love the person, There's that sense that we would want to do anything and everything for the person that we love. It's a gesture of true love, really. Doing acts of service for that other person. But of course, this does not mean that we are in any way a slave of that person or that we are being a doormat. <laughs> right? So this is a service that is freely given. It is not out of fear, but it is out of choice. A challenge behind this love language would be, what if the other person is uh, not that comfortable having someone do things for him because he or she grew up very independent? Like, oh, from your family, everyone is spending for himself. Sometimes if you do something for that person, he or she may have the sense that, I uh, are you doing this for me because you don't think I can do things? So sometimes that would be one resistance. If your primary love language is acts of service, you know that for you, that was just an act of love. But if you were to pay attention and your partner's love language is not acts of service, probably before doing that act, you can ask your partner, would it be helpful to you if I did this? So just to check if he or she would be comfortable to receive that act of service. Our goal is to enhance that person's life, right? With our expression of love. So we don't really want to do something that the other person will tend to misinterpret mm-hmm. or take negatively. So if the response to your act of service would be, no, oh, I'd rather do that myself, then we can just accept it and don't take it really as a rejection. So it would just mean that acts of service is not the primary love language of your partner or, or your loved one. So you can then move on to 
trying out other love languages, right? So, fourth one would be quality time. Quality time would be focused on togetherness. So, when we say togetherness, it's not really just being there in the same space or same location. It does not refer to just proximity, being in the same room with your loved one. Togetherness in quality time, it has more to do with giving focused attention or undivided attention towards your loved one. So, but we're in the presence of someone that we love. We really want to make that person feel that we are there 100% and we are ready to focus and enjoy his or her company. A part of quality time would be having quality conversations, but this is something different from the love language of words of affirmation. Because in having quality conversations, we're focused here would be more on listening to the other person. Spending time in conversation with your loved one would mean that you would be focused there and you are really listening to what he or she is saying or expressing at that time. You are willing to empathize if he or she is sharing something emotional whatever thoughts or feelings the other person would have. Uh, if quality time is your primary love language and you spend an hour having this quality conversation with your loved one, it's like you're saying, you mean this much to me because I am giving you the 60 minutes of my life that I will never get back. And that is what I am giving to you because I love you. It doesn't mean that you do not talk during the conversation, of course. So... Apart from listening is you can also ask questions, focus more on understanding what your partner's thoughts or feelings are so that yeah, you can better empathize when you're having that conversation. It can also include quality activities. When you're having quality activities or you agree on doing something that both of you would enjoy or it could be you could ask your partner, what things would you like us to do together? And then you set a date for that and really make time to go on that date prior Prioritize it and don't let anything bump that date off your schedule. Again, doing this because you really want to enjoy that other person's presence. Okay, so for the last love language would be physical touch. Now, physical touch as well can uh, make or break a relationship. Our touch... Same with our words. They can express how much we love a person. And withholding touch could also be taken as expressing neglect. So touch really can convey a lot of feelings as well. In physical touch, we should remember that all physical touch is created equal. So it is always best to consider the other person and learn from the other person that you are touching what he or she would really perceive as a loving touch, what kind of touch would be appropriate or inappropriate. And also another thing to consider would be if the other person would not be comfortable as well because that person did not grow up in a family that was very expressive through physical touch. So physical touch could sometimes be perceived as like an invasion of personal space. And it could make the other person uncomfortable. We really need to be sensitive to the other person before we engage in the physical touch. But of course, for a person whose primary love language is a physical touch, hugs, you know, kisses, and even massages, or even a pat on the back, tap on the shoulder, holding hands, that would be very much welcome and appreciated. It's just important to be conscious about the time, the place, and the manner in which uh, we touch the other person. And of course, again, being sensitive to the desires of the other person as well. So important to note actually is that most people do speak 
the love language that they prefer to receive. But there is an exception. Around 25% of the population now, according to Chapman, do speak a different language from the one that they prefer to receive. And as Miss Carol mentioned kanina, uh, the primary love language usually is one per person. But then there are times that people can express or prefer two. So they're kind of bilingual in a sense. And when we talk about love languages, it's not only in romantic relationships, but also other relationships, whether it's with the parents or friends or other people. But when we usually have differing love languages, not being able to understand and give the other love language that the other might prefer can lead to some miscommunications. So that's why we tend to want to understand their own and other people's. Okay, so maybe the question for our uh, listeners now is, how do they find out about their primary love languages? Mm -hmm. Of course, there's a test for that. And I'm sure our listeners have tried that at one point because I remember, I think I was in high school and then that was a thing, eh? parang check out your love languages. And I didn't really understand back then what it meant. But for me, what I found out about myself was I would really enjoy quality time as well as physical touch. But I think that would also depend on the person. As Ms. Carol was mentioning a while ago, you wouldn't want some random person but touching you. Naman. <laughs> that would be very awkward. No? So for me, that's uh, how I look at it. And it differs with the different people. Eh? So for example, for my family, mom would tickle me sometimes, which, which I don't appreciate. But I, I feel the love. But then for some quality time, I'd like to spend it with other friends as well. As for gift giving, I'm not that uh, particular when it comes to my family with giving gifts. But then I think it's a love language to express to some of my friends. So how do we really get to know which is which out of all of these things? How do we determine what our love language is, Ms. Carol? Like what you said, the simplest way would be to take the test. But of course, <laughs> it's not. Sometimes if we cannot just ask our partner or all our loved ones to take it and to try to find out their love language. <laughs> so the best thing to do would be first to observe our own behavior. So it's asking ourselves, how do I most typically express love and appreciation to other people? What is it that I usually do to express my love to parents? How do I show them my love? How do I express my love and affection for my friends? How do I express it for my partner? So you're the first person you can actually validate even if taken the test already. What would your actions usually be when it comes to expressing love? And then after observing your own behavior, you can also observe what you request of others. Our requests would usually indicate what our emotional needs are. So what is it that you often wish that other people would do for you? Or what are those things that when they do it towards you, it makes you feel more special? compared with when they are doing other things. Also, a third step would be, what are our complaints? What is it that we usually wish the other person would do for us? Ah, you didn't do this for me, or I wish you did, you did more of this, but you didn't. That would somehow also reveal our emotional hurts. It is said that the opposite of what hurts you most is probably your love language. And if you receive love in that language, 
the hurt would go away and you would feel mm-hmm. appreciated. That's often right? something that you get to hear, no? When it comes to like the relationships with couples, na parang when you have a friend and the friend says, na parang this person doesn't love me because niya sinasabi or hindi niya mm-hmm. wala siyang tinapakitang actions. But then when you look at it, parang hindi masyado na ko communicate yan, no? So you're interested in this particular topic, five love languages, and it already tells us that you have that intent or at least that interest into doing something that would improve your relationship. So just take it another step further and explore these five. These five love languages are relatively easy to understand mm-hmm. and apply. They are simple. They are actually simple. Uh, probably too simple sometimes that we tend to take them for granted. Yeah. <laughs> Not realizing that there could be that they could be used as keys to improving the relationship. Yeah, yeah. We would just need to consciously make that effort to try. What if I express words of affirmation? What would happen? Mm-hmm. Or would my loved one appreciate it? Or how would he or she react? What if I did acts of service and really observe how the other person would react? And so on. Trying to come up with simple ways to practice these five love languages can actually help improve our relationships. And it would just mm-hmm. be a matter of doing it more frequently in the course of days or weeks or months of really practicing. I think to take note then is that parang sometimes even having the conversation with your partner or whoever else your loved one is about how you're giving love and asking for feedback can help to understand mm-hmm. truly like how it is affecting them if they like it or not and in that way you're going to be able to better communicate and develop an even bigger bond because you're actively trying to love the other person yes and uh, communication or effective communication makes things easier for mm-hmm. both of you in the relationship not just letting the other person guess or <laughs> not making the other person feel like his effort is wasted Mm-mm. because you don't know how much effort he put into that and if you were not that conscious about it you might end up uh, you know just shrugging it off like, oh you didn't have to do that or no, it's okay you shouldn't have uh, you didn't need to give me that gift unintentionally you might end up you know, uh, offending the other person. <laughs> Because oh. if you are not aware that that other person was communicating to you in his or her primary love language, but you were not that receptive. So, mm-hmm. good to be aware of each other's love language. Miss Carol, do you have any last words that you want to tell our listeners? Well, for this last part, what I'm going to share is also from Dr. Gary Chaplin. So, there is no better time to start improving our relationships than right now. So, start where you are. If your relationships haven't been at their best lately, so you can always choose to start improving them right now. So, we can do that by being active and not passive about it. We've said this several times, no? relationships require effort. Love requires effort, especially if you're in it for the long run. So, you cannot really just expect things to magically fall into place without doing something about it, especially if that relationship really matters to you. So, you have to take action. And you need to choose a strategy For expressing your love, these five love languages are already a good start. So we can use what we've learned about identifying our love language and our partners or our loved ones' primary love languages. And then 
we learn by doing. And then it never hurts to ask questions, you know, to validate how much these acts or gestures would mean. They are really meeting the needs of our loved ones, their emotional needs. And of course, communication is always a good strategy to use in improving relationships. And so there, I hope all of these would help in improving our relationships and helping them overcome also for those who are already in that two years long that you're saying. Mm-mm. Thank you so much, Ms. Carol, for your time today and for imparting with us the knowledge of the five love languages. You can find Ms. Carol, Angeline Makawile, and our other care team members on Mind Care Club. Our counselors and psychologists are trained to help individuals navigate through life challenges, including those concerning our relationships. So check out mindcareclub.org and book an appointment with any of our first-step providers. We also cater, of course, to other mental health concerns. So I hope our listeners did have a wonderful time listening to all of us here. So love is definitely and indeed a choice and it's something that you can really work on. Ayon nga kay Ben and Ben, di ba? Sa kanta nilang araw-araw, pipiliin ka araw-araw. So it's a constant and active choice to choose Um, and to work on your relationships. So as always, this podcast is not a substitute for any mental health consultation and serves only to spread awareness. Don't forget to like and share this video and follow us on our Spotify account at Mindcare Podcast. Join us again next time as we continue to help lessen sadness in the world one podcast at a time. Thank you very much, Carol. Thank you Thank very you. much. Thank you. Bye. Bye-bye.